Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church and Campus Ministry, <laughs> aspirationally titled Campus Ministry here in Los Angeles, California, and future chaplain to the 2020 Western States Youth Gathering. Oh, oh. I've, been, I've been up there all week uh, plan- get on the planning team. Been pretty fun. I'm Zach Pearson, the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder in America's finest and only institute of higher education in the Buddhist tradition. And I am also currently uh, the, the campus pastor of the University of Nebraska Lincoln. I won that title fair and square this past Saturday. Uh, you the thought bus. it was going to be a funeral. I did. I had to rewrite my sermon the night after the game because all the jokes were way too mean for the morning after beating them. So I had to flip all of them around so they were self-deprecating. Uh, gosh, I had fun. It was a good time. The game was great. Colorado won. They were wonderful folks over there at the Lutheran Center uh, in Lincoln. Adam White was incredible. They made a stole of destiny. Uh, it's a reversible stole. One side, one side so red and white, the other black and gold. And Adam, of course, had to wear black and gold throughout the service on Sunday morning. A good time. That's awesome and really irreverent. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So does somebody like keep the stole until next year? Is that the? Uh, I'm, I mean, I'll let them keep it because I'm guessing like they're less likely to lose goal? it. Uh, they come back. They play in Boulder next year. So the deal is Adam's coming to Boulder. Okay. Same stakes. I had to find any tickets, I guess, to the game. But Wow. Very Phenomenal. fun. Very fun. I was also welcomed to the state of Nebraska by representatives from the state government. They sent some – the state government sent a delegation to welcome me personally to the state of Nebraska. What? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Well, you know, the state government just wanted to personally welcome me to Nebraska. Uh, it was 1 a.m. on a Friday night and uh, out in western Nebraska, they thought they should personally say welcome to Nebraska to me. So they, in order to do that, they did have to pull my car off the road to <laughs> to say that to me. But <clears throat> warm welcome. Warm did welcome. you have students with you? I did not. I was not on the clock. It was just a personal Welcome. Not a professional one. Did your students go to Nebraska, or you just went by yourself? Uh, we had a couple students who were at the game. Oh, okay. And then worshipped with us and stuff, so it was really cool. Wow. Must be fun to be a real campus pastor. You know, it's fun to be next to a university who has an undefeated football team. Uh... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, Zach, I've spent the week at a different university. I was up mm-hmm. at uh, California Lutheran University. Home of the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Home of the Los Angeles Rams during the preseason. The football and, uh, Rams. No, sometimes known as the Valpo of the West. The Valpo of the West. That's yeah. That's how their alma mater goes. Hell to the victors. Uh, uh, it was fun. We're uh, planning the 2020 Western States Youth Gathering. I did talk to uh, Nate Maxwell Doherty, who reminded me mm. that he did design us a logo for this podcast. Oh, yeah? I'd forgotten about it. Because he had sent it out in tattoo form. That's right. <laughs> like only on arms. And then I'd forgot, promptly forgotten about it. Uh, so I asked him to send it again with, in a vector image so that we could play with it. <laughs> so thanks, vector Dave. image, thanks, yeah. for, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, it's fun. Good group of people. Oh, and Campus Ministry Related. So it's on Cal, so Cal Lutheran owns this event now because it used to like rotate around and then nobody wanted to own it because it's mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, liability and it's expensive. Mm-hmm. So now Cal Lutheran owns it and it's a big advertisement. 
for Cal Lutheran, mm-hmm. uh, which is why one of my students goes there. She was there first at the Western States Gathering. So then this other student was like, well, we got to get like PLU down here to like advertise like they should have a table and like people should be aware of Lutheran higher education and all these different like Lutheran higher education, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah. And campus ministries. Yeah. Right. I stood up for a sec and campus ministries. I was like, unfortunately they were like, and then the other universities could kick in money. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, the campus, campus ministries don't have any money. I don't think, but, uh, but I'm sure somebody would love the table. Talk to your boy, <laughs> DJ. <laughs> Darren's, DJ. Got little, Darren's got a little bit of scratch. Darren. Yeah. For that kind That's of thing. That's what he does in between posting left-wing uh, Facebook posts? That's correct. That's correct. Is it there? Yeah. Matt, we had a fun conversation uh, this week. My favorite conversation to have, maybe my favorite conversation all year with students. Our Tuesday night program, Matt, was a conversation we call What I Wish I Knew When I Was a Freshman. So our community shares the wisdom that they've learned over the years um, and tries to, to get off of that up to... To folks, uh, especially new students. So, Matt, you've graduated from college, uh, seminary. What do you wish that you knew when you were a freshman? Um, that it's really important that you uh, <laughs> prepare yourself to get a job after college. <laughs> Weird. Because I was a philosophy major, and mm-hmm. um, I always, you know, like philosophy, man, it teaches you how to think, and that is just like my brain, like, bring it, you know, like, I will argue with you. Until the cows come home, which is not a metaphor that makes any sense where I live. But uh, but philosophy does not prepare you to get any kind of work uh, after college, immediately after college. So uh, get that minor in business. That's what I that's my advice. Interesting. Interesting. Matt, I, well, I, I mean, my, my response to that, right, is I have the opposite advice. As a, a person who has an undergraduate degree in civil engineering, which is an incredibly vocational track that just prepares yeah, you for a job. Right? Good job. Smart move, buddy. Yeah, and I didn't use it at all. So, um, <laughs> so a balance, a double major. <laughs> engineering and philosophy. That's our advice to you all. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, my advice is always just chill out. Like, it's not that important. It, it, different students need to hear different things. Uh, but that's the thing that I needed to hear uh, as a freshman was uh, to relax. It's not that big a deal. Um, uh, all the voices are telling you that you're about to make the most important decisions of your life and they're going to shape everything you do. Uh, and that's just not really true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess the other piece of advice, like, related to that uh, on the whole, like, on the theme of, of chill out is like the other advice that I think I give students now is like oftentimes when students are looking at colleges like oh and like they have a really good program in X, Y, or Z and as an undergraduate I that doesn't actually matter that much right like no. if you're going to grad school like sure like you if you want to be an academic and you want to go to a top tier school okay blah, blah blah but like really I think as an undergrad like it's also about like the people that you meet right the networks that you start to form and so like hang out with a lot of people get to know a lot of people because those are the kind, those are the ways that you're going to survive uh, for the rest of your life. So it's yeah, like take your classes seriously, but also do other stuff because that's really what is going to help you navigate the world. Yeah, actually, I think the the actual advice I gave, uh, I don't, I try not to give much advice in that conversation because that's not what it's for. Of students kind of trading secrets of things that range from really serious things to not so serious things. Like for example, 
at Clemson University in South Carolina on the third floor of Cooper Library. There's a hallway that goes down to the book bindery that looks like it's staff only, but it's not a staff only hall. And at the end of that hall, there's a single person bathroom that is the best bathroom to use on all the campus. Uh, <laughs> so that was always my, that's so. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like that, it's like the one Coachella bathroom that's really good. <laughs> yes. You want to avoid the board bodies? So you're like, here's my number one piece of Coachella advice. Go find the permanent concrete bathroom good Um, good advice but my real advice that I gave students which is the only advice I tried to give was to go for it is my other piece of advice that Mm -hmm. there's a bubble on campus and we talk about the bubble and the bubble's here because we as society want it to be here that it's a part of the experience um, and that the bubble is here so you can take chances um, and things cannot work out and you can learn from that and the only way you're going to take positive risk is by taking these chances and that's the only way you're going to have a really transformative college experience um, yeah so my advice is relax but also to, to to go for it right to take the big chances to do scary stuff that's uncomfortable yeah. and then that always also comes with the side of saying that there are edges to the bubble my my spiel is that we create the bubble so that you can make bad choices without life-altering consequences you sleep through class you're not gonna get fired and lose your house and all that kind of stuff but there are edges to the bubble. We can't make it the perfect bubble. Uh, there are places on campus um, and in the world where there are plenty of, of mistakes you can make uh, that have life-altering consequences. So to be aware of that as well. Wow, it sounds like you're an effective campus pastor. Well, I at least can sound like it. Um, the other funny thing that happened to me this week is that uh, our friend Joseph Castaneda Carrera, do you know Joseph? I don't think so. You should. You should. We should get him on the pod. He's a mission developer at Adore LA. He's going to be ordained next Saturday. Uh, he's uh, he's pretty awesome. But he thinks his favorite part of my Facebook videos, which are like the, just the every very once in a while Facebook live videos I do, is that I always introduce them with, hey, party people. Let me hear some noise. I've never, I've never used that phrase in my life. And I'm like, how do you think I always introduce my videos with, hey, party people? Like, no, like you always do. Like, here, I'll prove it to you. And he pulled it up and he's like, oh, you you might not actually have said that. But what was great was that apparently my tone of voice is such that that's what he remembers hearing. Yeah. Like, I have some, like, somehow I have a hey, party people tone of voice, which uh, is just just phenomenal to me. Let me hear some noise. DC's in the house. Jump, jump for joy. It says a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air. Shake your day every year. Um, I'm going to introduce the pod that way in the future. Yeah, that's a part of the song, too. Uh, Matt, I am so disappointed, sad. I don't really. I just I don't have time for it. My life is too busy right now. But this weekend is the grand doozy in the Denver metro area brought to you by the same people who do Coachella and who do uh, Bonnaroo. It's got excellent headliners. I'm really sad to miss it. Uh, Florence and the Machine, Kendrick and Stevie Wonder are headlining. Um, wow, that's, a, that's a killer headline. Right? There's no Eminem in that, man. That's straight. I'd rather see Stevie Wonder than Eminem. Um, I've been calling into the radio station every day on the way to work to try to win tickets. It's not worked out yet, but it's happening. It'll be close to me. I heard on the radio that the War on Drugs is also uh, performing. Oh, so all face yeah. team member, drummer of the, the, the War on Drugs. Uh, oh, that's right. It's going to be that. in the area going to be in the area wow mm. uh yeah so are you ready for these tech sack are you ready to dive in is it time yet i think you got some matt i know what i got this is a special segment uh i guess technically it's time for the text to so ding the bell 
and uh, we got a special segment today. Uh, welcome to another episode of Lectionary Beef. Matt, where's the beef? Where's the beef? I just so like you brought this up last week. I think that you wanted to ask him Strickland. How are we supposed to name these Lectionary weeks? Is it Lectionary insert number here, or is mm-hmm. it such and such Sunday after Pentecost? Right. Or proper. Or proper! That's the other one, and they're all different. Like, mm-hmm. I think for a second I thought, oh, the proper is, like, just the same number as lectionary. No, it's like <laughs> a completely different number. It's like lectionary 25, or it's proper 20. What? And Sunday, like, in 14th Sunday after Pentecost. Yeah. Yeah, they're completely exactly. different numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18th Sunday after Pentecost. It makes no sense. They're three completely different numbers. Why? Why can't this just be, like, easy? It's, it should I'd be I'd like to know the history of that. Matt, do you know how many church meetings I have been in where either silently or aloud I have said, why can't this be easy, you morons? <laughs> Including yeah. myself and the you morons, but. Yeah. Mm. Well, whatever it's Add supposed it. to be called, Add uh, it to the list. you're going to be preaching on it on September 23rd, 2018. Lectionary 25, uh, proper 20, 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Here it is. We got a good uh, first reading here, Zach. Proverbs 31, 10 to 31. It's the end. It's the final track on the album of Proverbs. Mm. And Solomon, Solomon's putting together his Proverbs album. Double. We should double resequence final. Proverbs. We should resequence Proverbs because this, it should not end like this. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, a, it begins like this A capable wife, who can find? Question mark. Um, do you know how sometimes people will begin a sentence with, like, I don't mean to be racist, but <laughs> you just know, you just know it's not going anywhere good. No. Yeah. Right? You don't and say you're that. Just part. like, oh, no. Mm-mm. Oh, no. If you're going to start your uh your little reflection with a capable wife who can find question mark i'm worried about what's coming mm-hmm. next mm-hmm. it's just them you know Not like good. it's just a weird opening so um i think this one's challenging here's like here's here's my take on it i think it's so it takes when i read it when i read it today because i sort of like you know many of us have like heard of it we think we know what it says but then i read it today and i was like huh it does take some surprising turns. There's a there's a line here in verse 15 where where she provides food for her household, which is an unusual phrasing in a patriarchal culture, yeah. right? And it's her, her household. household. It's, her, it's her household. She considers a field and she buys it. Ooh. With the fruit of her hands, she plants. She's landowning, right? She's landowning. She's a business owner. Uh, she girds herself with strength and makes her arms strong. She's physically strong. We got we got Serena Williams right here. Uh, she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Uh, she is a queen. She is royalty. Uh, a little Beyonce here. Uh, she stays on I her mean, grind. Her lamp does not go out at night. Right. Like I feel like you could. I think there would be. I, I feel like the challenge is if you just read this like straight through from the pulpit, it would be way too easy to like domesticate it. Uh, is that a pun? I don't know. Domesticate it, right? It'd be way too easy to do. So like, I think you could either rewrite it uh, with what you were doing, right? Stay on the, she stays on the ground. Like you could do some interesting stuff or it would make a really, I was thinking of it almost like uh, one of these uh, Nike ads that's been coming out. There was one with Liam's and the, Colin Kaepernick one. It'd be interesting to have this as like the voiceover, but with some um, 
but with images of like uh, Serena Williams and uh, Sue Storm, Seattle Storm uh, just uh, won the um, Sue Bird. Sorry, Sue Bird. Uh, but yeah, they just won it. I mean, like you could have some. Uh, you Turn could back some- to Sonics. I know, I know. Uh, I just I have a special place in my heart for the Seattle Storm because Adam and I had an epic Seattle sports weekend in which we attended a Sounders game. The storm, and I think a baseball game. I think we did like a trifecta in one weekend, which was insane. And Adam knew one of the players because she played at Penn State, and so she was playing for the storm. And so she got us tickets, and and we went out to, to the after party. The players after party, and I was like terrified the whole time. <laughs> where <laughs> where so did cool. WNBA players go for the after party? I don't know. I can't remember. But it was some. I mean, they got to go eat, right? Because they're like eating schedules all messed up because you're like playing basketball while most people are eating dinner. So they go out and have a full meal like after the game. Well, I mean, I just it could be funny. (laughs) They don't get paid that well, you know, so. (laughs) Well, that's the thing that we learned at mm -hmm. this after party, Zach. So Mm -hmm. now you put me down the rabbit hole. I'm I'm trying to push you down the rabbit hole. So they go play in Israel because they get that. They get paid China, better over here, but especially, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, that's where they are during the off season. So that's really where they get paid. It was fascinating. I didn't know any of this, but I heard it. I heard it's it. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> at this after party. Crazy. So maybe they, maybe they did Ruth Chris instead of uh, TGF Friday. <laughs> Notably, the saddest NFL story of all time is that Vince Young, uh, former Texas quarterback, uh, who was quarterback in the Texas tight, uh, Tennessee Titans, blew all of his rookie contract in part because he would just take the entire team to TGI Fridays after games. Uh, cause there's one next to the stadium and he would rack up thousands, like $3,000 bills a night at TGI Fridays, which is the most difficult task. But you know, the wait staff had to be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Best night to work. Mm-hmm. My favorite. My favorite line uh, in this little poem, which I guess is an acrostic poem in Hebrew, hmm. uh, is that she laughs. It's in verse 25. She laughs at the time to come, which I just think is a really evocative little what? phrase. She laughs at the time to come. What? I know, right? She laughs at the time to come. Wow. She's not man. afraid of the future. She's not afraid of the future. Oh, that's, that's what it. I think it means. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, Bible. Come oh, on, man. I don't know. You got anything else on this? I don't, man. I don't. Right? It's uh, what challenge. am I going to say after she laughs at the time to come? So, yeah, a problematic text, um, but one with some surprises in it um, and some possibility. But it's tricky. It's tricky what do you think that last, that last verse sentence means there? Uh, one, give her a share in the fruit of her hands. Again, saying the fruit is coming from our hands. But then the that last kind of phrase, and let her works praise her in the city gates. Let her works praise her. Is that referring back to her? If so, that's kind of interesting. You would think it would be like a let her, uh, let her works praise God in the city gates. Or is it like a reference to a kind of feminine God? We've been doing some Sophia stuff. Let her works praise her in the city gates. Who's the yeah. her at all? Right? Ooh. You know? Yeah, and coming out of Proverbs, pulling wisdom, absolutely. Yeah, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She's the she's the subject of that sentence. The to be praised refers back to her. Mm-hmm. Let her works praise her in the city gates. Yeah, yeah. 
And I think that too, give her a share in the fruit of her hands. I mean, it is an unexpectedly, um, it can be an unexpectedly empowering text, but uh, can also be pretty easily domesticated. So I don't know, preacher. Dive in and let us know how it goes. Yes. And then uh, those of you doing a sermon series on James, good luck because we're not going to talk about him. Nope. And uh, we're making our way through Mark. Matt, it's time for another episode of Where's the Lectionary Beef? Because uh, I got lectionary beef, Matt. Uh, I know you had some. I got some. A double-double today here on the podcast. We'll in and out. We'll in and out. Um, I realized later last week, Matt, that we have reached an interesting part in Mark's gospel. We talked a little bit about it, that the story of Jesus uh, telling Peter to get behind him, Satan, rebuking him, uh, is yeah. the kind of uh, turning point in the story, that it's the the kind of uh, the thing that the whole story hinges on. Everything moves towards Jerusalem mm-hmm. now. Did a little more work, did a little more reading, Matt, and I got something crazy to say. It Ooh. turns out, starting with that story, uh, basically like halfway through chapter 8, all the way to the beginning of chapter 11, Jesus is on the road. Mm-hmm. What I propose, Matt, is that we have entered a section of the lectionary in the Mark, Gospel of Mark that is Mark's Emmaus Road. Uh, Ooh. Because today we get an Emmaus Road question. Yeah, right? I do. What were you arguing about on the way? All of the stories, literally all of the stories in the lectionary uh, through through the end, the of, end the, of October, through the end of October, are on the happen on the road. They fall behind. They oh, there's all this stuff happening. They're on the road. They're on the way, which I think could be really cool to preach on. I mm-hmm. that it reaches its climax. In fact, on the the text assigned for October twenty eighth, which is the the healing of um, it's the Bartimaeus story, which maybe I've mentioned before. But Bartimaeus. Uh, references is a, is a wink wink a little nod nod nudge nudge wink wink nudge nudge is an allusion to Plato's Timaeus uh, which is a story what? yep it's a story of uh, what it means to be a philosopher and about halfway through Timaeus uh, Plato and all these uh, or Timaeus and all of these philosophers are walking down the road and they pass a blind man uh, who's crying out and begging on the side of the road. And Timaeus and all of his philosopher buddies say, what is this guy crying for? He doesn't even know how bad he has it. Uh, he can't see the stars, so he will never be able to understand the, the meaning of, of existence. Uh, he doesn't even know how bad he has it as a blind man. And in, in Bartimaeus, in the Gospel of Mark, you have Bar, as in Bar Mitzvah, right? Son, son of Timaeus. Bartimaeus, uh, we have a blind man, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sitting on the side of the road crying out, uh, and he is the first person outside of Peter who knows who Jesus is. The blind man is the only one who can truly see, right? Boom. Boom. Uh, and so that reversal sets up all of these stories on the road. It happened last week because Jesus is like, hey, uh, everything you think you know, you think on the Messiah, the coming king, which is a political term, right? You're absolutely right. And here's what it looks like. Whoop, nothing like what you think it looks like. Um, and we're going to get that over and over again. My lectionary beef, Matt, is we won't get to hear the Bartimaeus story. No. It's October 28th. Sure, if you're not going to observe Reformation (laughs) Sunday. (laughs) Don't do the Reformation text. Do the Bartimaeus text. That's our advice to you. Yes, it's coming up. (laughs) Cut them off at the pass. Bartimaeus for Reformation. That's my current kick. I'm going to utilize the full social media power of the Vinyl Preacher 
to, to yes. get people to preach on Bartimaeus for Reformation. Do it. I'm so excited. Like, I knew that we were reading all the way through um, Mark 10, 52, but I, I didn't realize it was the Bartimaeus story. And I'm really excited because we uh, I just read that this past week uh, at this planning meeting. The theme for the 2020 Western States Youth Gathering is going to be focus because it's 2020. So we wanted a vision. We wanted something to do with vision, right? 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we looked at this. We looked at this text. And of course, folks brought up. Uh, myself included, having taken classes with Bishop Craig Satterley, uh, who does not want, you know, it's going to be pretty sensitive to was blind, but now I see, right? Mm-hmm. you got to think about these things uh, pretty intently. Uh, but when you say, yeah, he's the only one who sees, how do you rethink this? How do you flip sight on its head? How do you flip what it means to be first on its head as we mm-hmm. do in this gospel? Uh, just start rethinking everything. Um, and yeah, it kicks off here, Mark 930. Oh, uh, so that phrase, um, yeah. So in the commentary that that I was reading too, like it, it's it was nuts because it uh, sets up Mark nine thirty to ten fifty two as a complete cycle. Uh, he calls it Jesus's teaching cycle on the new social order, thinking about what it means to follow the way of the cross, what it means to follow that in practical ways in community. That phrase on the way is going to show up at least three times in the next six weeks. Like it shows up again and again. He's on the road, just like you said. It's crazy. That's what we get for the next six weeks. It's awesome. Road trip with Jesus and the disciples. Uh, gosh, and and I'm so excited to discover this because I love the Emmaus Road. Like the Emmaus Road is awesome. is my jam. And one of the things that's important to me with the Emmaus Road is taking Jesus uh, literally and seriously. Um, like I, I like to entertain. I think I, I don't. I think we. I don't think we should question Jesus' sincerity in his questions. I don't think Jesus is like a trickster who comes to like uh, test the disciples to see how they're doing. Maybe there are things Jesus actually doesn't know and wants to answer to. So, here he's asked them, uh, "What were you arguing about on the way?" Uh, and what we're going to get over and over again. So you want to figure out how and when, what week is the right week to really go for it. But it's just going to be them not following the way. If it's about the way, like there's so much you can do with the way and the road. Because here in Greek, odos is the same word, hodos. Road and way that gets used is the exact same word. Um, and it's the road, the way of, of the cross. And they get it wrong, right? They get it wrong over and over again. Uh, if you go back up to last week, we get the story of Peter getting it wrong and Jesus making it pretty plain, at least to us in the pews, what it looks like. And not only do they get the explanation, they get an experiential learning opportunity. They go on a field trip up to the top of the mountain. There's the transfiguration. We don't hit it in the, in the lectionary, but it happens in the narrative. They come back down from it, and again... They just completely miss the point. I I don't love reading this chunk completely by itself because I think it needs to be read with what comes immediately afterwards. Uh, There in uh, 38, uh, you have this beautiful story, right? Jesus uh, uh, takes a little child and puts it among them. uh, And he says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. And then literally the next line, John said to him, they don't go anywhere else, right? This is like, sometimes when it's week to week, you're like, they kept walking down the road. No, they don't keep walking down the road. He's given them a lecture. He's given them an experiential learning opportunity. Um, and now he's done a children's sermon object lesson with the children. This is the first children's sermon, Matt. <laughs> Uh, and the yeah, children's sermon, it's not for the children it's for everybody else it's for everybody else and the object is the child so um jesus knew what he was yep. doing they get the object lesson and immediately 
Might as well throw immediately. John responds by saying, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. Uh, it's just like, could you like have a, a wronger, dumber answer? Like to, It's even not even a question. There's no need to say it. Anything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, all of that is going to be, it's so consistent with Mark because not only the disciples, it's not like, like in a normal, <laughs> in in a traditional narrative structure, they'd get it wrong, get it wrong, get it wrong. And then they'd be redeemed at the end, right? They'd finally get it in the last scene. Mm-hmm. But actually in the last scene of Mark, they still don't get they it. They still run don't away. get it. They run away. Like it's like complete failure throughout, including the last scene. Like there's no, oh, wow consistent yeah and i think (laughs) it's super consistent um uh places to draw some connections with before i make my big dramatic point that wraps up and rolls into a song uh the fear i think is important to note um i think we've got a lot of examples of how it can go wrong trying to follow the way trying to walk on the road um they uh is it this one it's not this one. I guess it's next week. Uh, they walk on ahead of him, and so there's some distance and stuff, um, and they just uh-huh. keep getting turned around, like physically, um, but also just. Uh, and that's happening in the midst, right? They did not understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask him um, after Jesus says exactly, exactly what was going to happen, uh, and that prompts the question that Jesus asked on the Emmaus road: "What were you arguing about on the way?" Um, they're full of fear about what has happened in, in Jerusalem, and Jesus asks what were you guys talking about? Um, so maybe if you're looking for a, a real easy little Emmaus roadway in, in the midst of fear, uh, Jesus comes and speaks, engages, right? Not necessarily with a- answers, but engages and, and walks with them in their fear. Yeah, there's also some interesting, I mean, in addition to the, the consistency that they're that they're on the way, which I agree is, is critical, there's this idea of the child is going to come up again too, right? Where people are going to try to shoo away the children. But then there's also, I mean, like in next week's when they don't get it, he talks about the the little ones. If you put up a stumbling block in front of the, one of these little ones, uh, let the children come to me. Then he starts talking about the mother or father, um, children or fields, you leave them behind. Uh, and then even, even with that Bartimaeus story, he's Bartimaeus' son of Timaeus. There's a lot of interesting familial relationships that are going to explore here too, uh, and flipped on their heads and challenged. Um, so it's another angle you might take. Think about this family of God and just how unexpected it is. The other thing about the the child, um, when you said children's sermon, <laughs> and using your child as an object lesson, which I uh, am not afraid to admit that I have done. When it's Father's Day. It's going to hold a little girl in my arms and everyone thinks it's adorable. But the thing is, like, uh, in the ancient world, chips. like... Keep catching them chips. Right? In the ancient world, uh, it wouldn't have been adorable. Like, that's not that's not how they're reading this, right? It's like, this is going to be the least important person that you could possibly think of, not just an adorable Gerber baby. So I don't know how you recover that sense uh, today, but... Um, we read it as adorable, I think, and I don't know that they would be reading it as adorable. Yeah. I mean, I think, so in light of current events, um, Jesus taking a, a child and using the child as an object, problematic in the church. I don't know. I don't think I will or would go after that or make it explicit just because I think it would take so much unpacking that we would not get to. It would, although here's an angle that Nadia would hate 
if you wanted to go with um you could go with undocumented children and think mm. about what's going on at the border right like it's got welcome right here because there's a very unromantic image to bring up you could play with that image if you wanted to go on a current events social justice angle uh do it nadia would be really mad because you're trying to just uh show your woke bay bona fides but mm-hmm. i don't know i don't know could accomplish yeah. what you need to accomplish yeah that's always the question right uh does this help me make i mean that's what's helpful about the craig uh, Saturday method of preaching, right? You get to always have the litmus test of, of is this helping me proclaim this good news statement? Which, Matt, I think for me, uh, the good news this week and, and maybe throughout these little stories um, is, is pretty similar to what I said last week, right? That G, that we can get lost, get turned around, um, but Jesus does not. And, and more than that, Jesus, um, I mean, the good news, I think, is that Jesus is, is dragging our asses down the road. <laughs> That's what I wrote down on my piece of paper. So. <laughs> I like that. Dragging our asses down the road. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Good stuff. I think that's what I got. I think that's what I got on this one. But I'm excited to continue uh, being dragged down the road with Jesus. Right. It does kind of... It's not particularly awesome that it is almost a straight-up like retelling of the story that happened last week on Sunday in the Gospel. There are slight yeah. differences, but it's it's the same. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's where you hit it, right? Like, this is a story of... Um, at, our, at our text, our local text study this week however time works with recording stuff and, and thinking about text weeks in advance um we were talking about last week's gospel <laughs> this week we were talking about last week's gospel um i think that makes sense uh and a lot of our conversations started to go down the road of asking what are the sacrifices are we how do we take up the cross and follow jesus it's that peter getting rebuked story um and i think the response to that question that the gospel gives us through these stories is that we don't um that we maybe try to pick it up but then it falls over and if we can pick it up we go the wrong way um our efforts to, to follow the way are, are always end in disaster for us for us yeah <laughs> it's good it's good you got other good news it's good no that's good news. It's good news it always ends in disaster for us gospel of the Lord. <laughs> The gospel for type fours. Um, Matt, we got road trips. We got Jesus on the road. means we got road trip songs. <laughs> I'm excited to hear your road trip songs. Matt, we got so many, so many good uh, road trip songs. Uh, you could do, if you were a different person, you could do Green Day's uh, I Walk a Lonely Road. Lonely Road. The only <laughs> road the that I that, have ever known. What's the song that Scott Ackerman always sings that? <laughs> I can't remember. There's some R.E.M. song that sounds exactly like it. <laughs> uh, you could do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with the Magnetic Fields, uh, Walk a Lonely Road with Me, which I think is just, first of all, a beautiful song off of Realism, their 2010 album. It's so good. I think that's what Jesus is. I think that's the call of, of following Jesus is to walk a lonely road with me. Because uh, I do think there's, in, uh, I mean, that's, I'm not exactly sure how you wrap that around to good news, but I think it's a really compelling part of Jesus' character development in these stories is that it is becoming increasingly clear. Uh, chapter 11 begins with the entrance into Jerusalem. Um, that who knows what Jesus thought, right? In Mark, we've got an incredibly human Jesus. I want to take his questions very seriously. 
Um, who knows what Jesus thought? But I think in these stories over the next next six weeks or so, uh, it becomes very clear that he's going to have to walk this road uh, alone. Um, mm. So I like that that note of, of loneliness. Um, then, Matt, I, I did a little diving into the Spotify, um, and I found a song called Road Trip by Chloe, Chloe Moriando, uh, which is a fun little ukulele number, um, which balances some of my, uh, the, the sadness of of Walk a Lonely Road with me and my other edition, which is very different from all of these. Uh, I'm going Led Zeppelin, um, Stairway to Heaven, uh, as we wind on down the road. <laughs> it's just what I think about. And I started, um, maybe it's become an old white man. Um, I started listening to some Led Zeppelin just to, I don't listen to classic rock radio anymore. So um, it's good. It's good. It's it's good. Turn, turns out they were pretty good at rock and roll music. Turns out. Yeah, Led Zeppelin, they're pretty good. Uh, that, uh, John Paul Jones, though. Eh. <laughs> What's John Paul Jones like? Mm. Oh, wow. Hey, what are you uh, listening to? I'm pretty excited because... Uh, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Like you, Zach, I'm a big fan of movies. Love mm. to go see them in yeah, the theater on a regular basis. You do. <laughs> I'm more of a home theater kind of <laughs> really? guy. Really? I really like my movies. The bigger, the better. I'm not, uh, also like you, not really into the indie scene, really mm-hmm. like the big blockbusters. Love, yeah, that's me. Love the Guardians of the Galaxy series very much and the soundtracks. And uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I didn't like as much the first time I saw it. And then mm-hmm. I saw it again on an airplane and I was like, oh, yeah? oh, I like this movie. I liked this better the second time. Now that I knew where it was going, I think I understood it better. And there's a song that plays a central role in this film by Looking Glass called Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. You're Brandy, a fine you're a girl. girl. Yeah. Oh. What, a fine, what a fine wife. Oh, this is good, Matt. Mm-hmm. Let's hope you, it gets Proverbs. redeemed here. Let's hope it's it gets Proverbs. redeemed just like the Proverbs. It's Proverbs 31. So that's uh, that's the soundtrack. <laughs> Proverbs 31, Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. It's pretty phenomenally used in the film Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. Volume 2. That's why I keep laughing. Um, also, so what I always see on the way, I just, I can only think of one song, which is Fastball's The Way, because I'm a 90s kid. You are? Fastball The Way. I think they're one hit wonder. Did they have anything else? I don't think they ever I did. I can't think of anything they didn't know. But that song was pretty huge one summer. Incredible. Summer. It was. Pretty oh. huge. And then I was trying to think of songs that had first and last. Um, and unfortunately, the line, if you're not first, you're last, is not a song. It's just a great line from Talladega Nights. Mm. But speaking of first and last, uh, I went with Last Thing I Needed, The First Thing This Morning by Willie Nelson. But what? I'm going to go with the Chris Stapleton cover Ooh. of it. I really, like, I really like Chris Stapleton. I really like him. Last Thing I Needed, First Thing This Morning, which I'm guessing is what the disciples were thinking on this entire road trip. <laughs> yes. Oh, they were welcomed to Judea by the State Highway Patrol of Judea. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It was just on the road trip. Nebraska is not that bad. Kansas is way worse than Nebraska. <laughs> There's just nothing in Kansas until you get to Kansas City. Matt, it's the end of the summer. I think it's fall. My leaves are changing. Labor Day has passed. This is a little a bonus uh, up here. We talk a lot at the beginning of the summer about what's going to be the song of the summer. 
Matt, you mentioned fastball, uh, uh, the way. Uh, what was the song of the summer this year? Do you have a song? Was there consensus? What was your take on song of the summer? Um, well, I'm 37 years old, so I have no effing clue. Like, Drake mm-hmm. is really popular right now, and I'm not into Drake. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Did you have a song of the summer? Well, I'm, I'm in the same place, Matt, because I was all excited for song of the summer. I was on song of the summer early this year. Uh, yeah, was listening to my to my to my podcast and stuff, and they got me on to Cardi B's "I Like It Like That," which is like the the remix kind of thing, right? And is a fantastic yeah. song. And I was prepared for that to be the song of the summer, um, mm. and I listened to it plenty, but I didn't really hear it anywhere else. Um, yeah, I had to request it at a wedding. Like it was, yeah. Uh, in other news, Matt. Um, Next week at our student, our weekly like meal and program, the program will be a kind of personal finance thing. We've got some finance students who want to do that and are excited about it. Uh, and I have decided that we're going to call it uh, the email I'm going to send out next week. Uh, inviting people to the personal finance thing is going to be the subject line will be uh, I don't dance. I make money moves. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, and I said it. Very, that's a very Proverbs 31. She's making money moves. Right. Cardi. Mm-hmm. Mm, we should put more Cardi on this. Uh, maybe like in uh, in absentia, we'll add Cardi B. Um, <clears throat> so I said it on Tuesday night at our dinner, and I was very proud of myself when I made the announcement, right? Because I was like, they don't know it's coming, and I know it's coming. And and there was a, a guttural reaction, you know, to it in lots of different directions. But then we do this thing called Good News, Bad News, Notable Potables. Uh, and immediately after I said it, one of our like incredibly dry students raised his hand and said, I have bad news. Cardi B's not cool anymore. What? <laughs> I killed Cardi B's coolness for our students. Wow. It was, it was an incredible wow. joke. It was very well done. Uh, you did that. <laughs> yeah, I killed her. Sorry, Cardi. Wow. There you go. R.I.P. Cardi B. R.I.P. Cardi B. Uh, next week, all Cardi. Memorial episode. Well, we're wow. well that's a fitting end to Proverbs and a fitting end to this podcast. Uh, Forever. Cardi B. Until next week. Keep it vinyl.